0: Welcome back to The Property Management Show, where we deep dive into the world of property management, marketing, and entrepreneurship. Your hosts are Marie Tepman and Brittany Jones from Four and a Half Marketing Agency. Since 2012, we have helped property managers like you grow their businesses by using marketing strategies that attract owner leads. Whether you need help with a website, SEO, online reputation, content, video, social media, paid advertising, you name it, we can help you. Visit our website forandhalf.com. That's f-o-u-r-a-n-d-h-a-l-f.com. Today's guest is none other than Courtney Wolf, who owns RentWise Property Management in Idaho. her first time ever on a podcast, so let's all give her a warm welcome. Welcome to our show, Courtney. Oh, thank you, guys. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited for this conversation. And so, you know, a bit of a background about you since it's your first time on our show. So, you run a successful property management business in Boise, right? And you know, like when it started, you were kind of doing everything, but you've gotten yourself to a point where you don't really have to spend much time or any time at all on the business because it runs itself. Can you share to our audience how you got to that state? Because I feel like that's the dream, but, you know, curious to know what steps you took to make it reality.
1: A lot, a lot of steps, a lot of backwards, a lot of forwards, (laughs) right? Um, But I mean, to to get to the point where we're at now was really just big dreams um, helped and that down to micro, uh, smaller, biteable, doable and reachable goals that we could get to. So we just took a big thing that we really wanted and broke it down into little pieces and worked on it over the years. That's really how we got here. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's been awesome. There's two sides to that coin. When you're an entrepreneur, um, you also still want to do things and create and, uh, serve and make money. So
0: can you expound more kind of like, you know, what pieces you saw in front of you, how you were able to kind of dissect and create sort of a plan to get from point A to point B?
1: I mean, for sure. On, uh, The first thing I did was I got a really, really great business coach. Um, I needed some help. So somebody to hold somebody accountable. I didn't have a partner or a spouse or anyone I could talk to uh, as a sounding board outside of the people who were doing day-to-day business with me. So um, I really needed that. So a business coach really helped me break it down into this is the vision. This is what we really want. Um, Carly, who's my operations manager, who is amazing, and she is the one that uh runs kind of the umbrella of everything we've built uh without her you definitely need you know you need some some buy-in and you need people who uh, are on your team and they're devoted and dedicated so uh we took our goals together as we were in life and we worked backwards and we broke it down with a business coach we found people who were smarter than us we surrounded ourselves and we uh, we took our own path on some things and some things we we stopped trying to reinvent the wheel um we found NARPAM, which three years in uh man i was i spent three years doing things really really hard <laughs> until i found NARPAM. so that was amazing which is also how i met you and so i
0: remember in one of our conversations previously you talked about how your operations manager used to not be set up kind of for success, used to not be set up to kind of run everything. And so there, I remember you mentioned there was even a time she wanted to quit because she felt like, I can't do this anymore. Um, Can you share with our audience kind of the journey of how you got her from that place of feeling like I can't do this anymore to the point where she was able to say, Courtney, you can step away. I got this.
1: Man. Yeah, that was a long journey. I love talking about Carly. This will drive her crazy. But she is so amazing. Um, I mean, without without her, definitely none of this would have happened. Um, And she did. She came to me and that was kind of the catalyst into Being a virtual property management company, she came to me and said, this is what I want out of my life. She had had some of her own family things going on and I had my own and we were trying to just follow that corporate line. We had an office and brick and mortar. We had kids. We were trying to do it all. So she originally left because, yeah, she wasn't in a place that really gave her the credit she deserved for her brain and her skills. I call her a research rock star. This girl She is the document queen, (laughs) spreadsheet queen. She's amazing. I just knew I always could see all of the things and she just needed to be given an opportunity to do it. She wanted to do it. And it grew over time. And then, of course, you know, when people drink your Kool-Aid and I got her buy-in and she said, this is what I want. And I was like, that's it. Cool. I want that, too. I want to work from home. How do we do that? (laughs) What does that look like? And that's how it started. And we worked our way backwards and we found Jason Goldberg, my coach, who um, is in the health and wellness industry more so. I think he's so coaches. He's amazing. So um, yeah, and we worked our way backwards and we built it the way we wanted. And then we decided we got to points where we were like, hey, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? we took the things we wanted to do and we outsourced the things we didn't and as the industry grew i think that was part of it we came in at a a time where the industry technology was just exploding and we found narbham and all of the conferences and all of you guys and it really just uh, accelerated that whole process and we didn't i didn't know any better i didn't know what i didn't know I wasn't running a 30-year-old family-run business. I was winging it. And so I think that helped too. I wasn't as scared, I think, to change the ways of traditional property management as other people might have been. Carly was very petrified and many, many, many levels. So that was great, right? Somebody's got to be grounded. (laughs) so he's gonna be the dreamer and you know and then we get it done together you briefly mentioned taskmasters which is
0: one of the businesses that you started um, that kind of complements the property management business can you talk more about how you got taskmasters from an idea to launching it as legit
1: business not as a as a pretty of a story as the other way. Um, It really just started with me. I mean, we were growing and I was just one person and Carly was just one person. So we basically ended up being split into boots on the ground stuff and uh, an owner related stuff or, you know, management level stuff to sitting behind the computer and answering the phone and being at everyone's mercy. And that's what we did all day. And so, uh, while I was out doing inspections and meeting owners and all the things that property, placing lock boxes and meeting tenants, and it was just everything doing showings. It was just a, always checking on maintenance. Like it was a never ending boots on the ground. Um, and we were growing and we needed an answer and we had tried to hire several people over the years just to kind of help with some of these things and outsource it and employees are hard. They just are. And I really find that when people have skin in the game or they're responsible, like I want people's buy in. I'm probably not the best person to micromanage. I'm not a micromanager, probably the opposite. I need people to buy in because I need them to really take pride in what they do and do it with integrity and do it all the same, the consistency. So we all have to believe everything across the board. So, um, Yeah, when that happened, we were just both in total overwhelm. This is before uh, even, uh, I think, Carly (laughs) quit. And we, so Carly's husband was also my handyman and had a full-time job. And I was like, hey, Mitch, can you just help me out a few times a week and do some of these inspections? And he had one day off a week, this man. And he was like, yeah, because his wife worked for me, right? It just seemed like, and at the time, it was just a quick fix, a Band-Aid. And I was going to make another plan. (laughs) But man, I trained him, right? I had been doing it. So I took him out. This is what we're doing. I showed him exactly what I wanted. He had no other previous preconceptions of anything. And he was great at checking the boxes. He wanted to do it exactly the way it needed to be done. And he did. And I was like, holy cow, you can just do this. I don't need to do this. You're probably better at it than I am. Uh, you know, I'm frustrated. I am. My mind is elsewhere. I'm running a company while I'm doing this. This makes no sense for me to be doing it. So um, that kind of was born a position, but not as an employee. I was like, yeah, I don't think you and your wife working for me is a good idea. That Right. That didn't make any sense and so we set up very separately almost you know just as a way to accommodate their marriage so that there was that split between the two things because he um you know it was it was more of like he worked this full-time job and they had a family and i had a lot of freedom and i really wanted her to have what she wanted too, and what i had and to be able to um they could barely go on vacation together they hadn't been on vacation I don't think for like eight years uh, until they finally did and because he was always working or she was always working and it was almost impossible for them to figure that out and make money back then. So yeah, we just saw it as this beautiful opportunity to bring him in the fold and, um and actually do it better than I was ever doing it and doing it our way. Then we were, We had a friend who said, hey, can you do a couple for me? And then someone else was like, hey, I heard that you guys were doing these. Can Mitch help me out? And we were like, oh, we should probably make this a company. Uh, And what are we going to charge? Right. Because at the time. So it kind of just accidentally happened. How is Taskmaster's
0: doing now?
1: Like, are you expanding services? Man, that's so on the table, and I don't know what we're. <laughs> um, yes, yes, the answer is yes. Uh, I am so super slow and steady. I do not like to rush into anything. We've been going so this spring will be four years that we've been doing Taskmasters, and it seems kind of crazy that. And we've had just the same consistent clients. We haven't really grown um, because it was really to provide a service for us and then for our just our little NARPUM community and a few mm-hmm. other like realtors we did business with. And so we've kind of kept it small, but it's started to grow. Um, and now we're doing our vendor fair, our local vendor fair again. Um, and then we've been asked to start other taskmasters in other states by other property managers. And so we've spent the last year kind of wrapping our head around that. And I think we're about to do that instead <laughs> Um we are going to set it up in more of a franchise type of, of setting um, because I'm a big fan of everybody being their own boss and being in control. How much do you want to work? How much money do you want to make? Like, this is what the market tolerates. I know that anybody can do this. And then we, um, what really was the catalyst into putting our energy into this uh, was I have an employee who, or a, uh, um, Uh, virtual assistant that I hired who's worked for us for several years and uh, her husband will be retiring from the military soon and so it's such a good opportunity for him uh, to open something that he can can do on his own and we saw an opportunity of like yeah that's exactly why I did it right to control all of that so I believe that's the direction that we're heading now with Taskmasters. So were there any like big challenges or
0: setbacks that made you doubt that should we continue doing this, you know, along the way? Or has it always just been like, let's just focus on one step in front of the other? I'm
1: more of like a next step, next step. Not that I've had several really great big ideas that really were super fails and some of them... (laughs) expensive. Right. And, um, some of them time consuming, uh, over the years, I've learned to identify, um, you know, what's a good opportunity and what's feasible. And I like slow and steady. Yeah. So, uh, so whatever we do, we'll roll out and it will be super intentional. I don't want to put anything out that I can't back up and I want to make sure it's built to benefit everyone involved. Right. So. Are you comfortable sharing any of those failures or those ideas that oh my didn't gosh. Quite pan out? Once, yeah, this is, man, I mean, I've got a couple of overly embarrassing ones, but uh, business related, I once tried to create an app uh, that I thought was going to be awesome for tenants. It was actually pre-inspection apps, but what it did make me realize is woo, Narpm, how valuable Narpm was right i was trying Mm -hmm. to reinvent the wheel of something that was already created but that i honestly wasn't (laughs) capable of finding for some reason right Mm -hmm. i wasn't googling the right thing i was not asking the right questions and that's where Narpm came in and kind of enlightened me to hey stop doing that there's technology out there but yes i paid someone thousands of dollars once uh to help me with this inspection app uh, because at the time app folios inspection stuff was not great still uh, we don't use that we use uh, other software we use the inspector like lots of it's not proprietary we love the inspector um mm-hmm. those guys are amazing their technology is amazing um and that's why we use it for test masters because mm-hmm. uh, then everyone can keep their own Z inspector accounts and I don't own their information and um, it's a really safe space for them to keep their information and um, to themselves and they don't have to share it. We just do the work. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and yeah. the inspector was also started by a property manager. Yep, it was. Most of these uh, had like easy repair, they totally were started. Andy was a property manager as well. Um, lots of them were because yeah, we see the pain points and we're like, ooh, I got a solution for that. Mm-hmm. And we all, like we are all brilliant at creating them. I love all the things that have come out um, in the last even five years, I feel so lucky to kind of been on the cusp of that and not and have any pre feelings about any of the technology because it didn't really exist the way it does now, right like no i uh showings the the uh, lockbox showings right when that first started coming out, it just seemed it was such a hard sell, and now, like i can't imagine. We immediately did it because we weren't thinking about that people were going to break in. We were actually more thinking about our safety and, like, hey, this is better for everyone. We're thinking about fair housing laws and discrimination. I'm thinking, you know, Carly's safety, my safety, like we shouldn't be in these houses, all of those things happening. And I think it had just been such a traditional thought to do showings in person for so long because we're so closely related to real estate. Um, mm-hmm. But in our industry, I felt like the self-showing boxes were a huge, huge benefit to everyone across the board in every way. Um, And Taskmasters created a way I was like, yeah, I'm worried too, right? I'm worried Mm -hmm. that. So we do vacant house checks through Taskmasters. So we check the houses in between the showings and however many times a week people want them. and, And it's a great solution to saving the time, employees' time, outsourcing something, third-party eyes on it, right? So that it's just the work is spread out and it's more doable. And then owners or whoever, right? Is your leasing agent also doing inspections? Is your bookkeeper also, you know, doing whatever? And that's what we had. A lot of cross-contamination that didn't make sense. And the technology really... Made it easy to break up what used to be all on one property manager into mm-hmm. little tiny pieces that we can utilize. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's amazing how it. much <laughs> how much technology has
1: grown in the industry
0: yeah. the last several years. Um, and so, kind of going back to you know like these ventures that you know you you want to pursue. So. Back when we spoke last time, you were trying to start this other venture related to application screening. Um, And I think like something changed. You're no longer pursuing that. Like, what's your process for vetting? Which ideas should be pursued? And at what point should you like give up? Right. Because like cut your losses, (laughs) move on. Do you have a process? Is it gut feel? Do you have like a discussion with team members?
1: um i do collect a lot of information one of my favorite quotes is don't keep making the same mistake just because you spent a long time making it uh carly hears me say that a lot i and i've gotten really i I totally do what people do right you hang on you put all this work and effort into it the app that i did um i also paid um i paid a guy because it was too cheap this is another fail to redo my website I paid him to do it and it was a horrific experience right thousands of dollars i remember paying someone for google ads also total waste because i don't i didn't have a way to know whether they were doing their job or not right -hmm. and i realized those were the big financial mistakes that you make because you don't know what you don't know um and you listen to who you think are experts so when we found narpa that's those guys became the experts and those people but um the way that i go through i mean some of my ideas are ridiculous a lot of times i pick up the phone and i call carly and i talk it through with her um the application screening that was more so a um i get to a certain point in the planning process where i feel like we have the it's a bandwidth thing how much energy can we put into this thing while we're also still serving who we need to serve um and I mean I usually try to to break it into that like a little time block so that I'm only devoted to that and if it's going to require a lot of uh, more time than I have to offer then it kind of goes on the back burner um financially it's also an industry turns out application screening right we can dive into it but it's going to take a lot of <laughs> more uh, information and another opportunity came up so I see so i'll just put that over there it's not gone just over there um and usually what happens during that time if i kind of put it in a little incubate it um it'll come out another way if it's something that's feasible either technology will come out or something will change um i i really don't have a solid process for vetting it some of them are ridiculous some of them are feasible some of them we get halfway through and we're like we're going to have to wait on that. Um because I don't know, right? But I try to stay in my lane um and I try to focus on one service and not do too many things um at one time. I think that's a common mistake,
0: especially for like visionary type people. Mm-hmm. They get so excited about all these ideas and they feel like we have to try everything because, you know, it's like spaghetti, you know, What they throw totally. spaghetti at a wall. Like you have to try all of them now <laughs> so that like about six, down, six months down the line, we know it's going to stick, but it's like, yeah, but you're kind of
1: half-assing each and every one of them if you're doing ah, that's all once. yeah you can't do multitasking i realize people do it right it's mm-hmm. but i in a more broad sense of course we multitask all the time but in business yeah i think it's really important to find a focus and do what you do really really well before you move on to something else make it exact and it's part of the delay, right? Is I won't move on from one business to another one until the core, like rent wise is kind of our core. And if some of those, you know, wheels are broken, or there's a gap in the system, we have to go back and rebuild that before we can move on to something else. Do you have any
0: advice for your fellow property managers who may have like all these ideas for like a side business or opportunities, but they're scared to take the first step
1: or they're just unsure what to do next. I would tell people, get clear on what you're good at. You have to take your big vision. You have to break it down because, yeah, it's too overwhelming to take over everything. Um, I do want to, while we're talking about this, part of this process thing, the core of how to do that is processes. Errol Allen gave us. he came here. We hired him, a group of us property managers many, many years ago when this started. And he has been so awesome. So I just want to give him credit for teaching us how to write processes really so simple, but it it changes the foundation of everything, right? And you write everything as if a five year old can do it. And it seems like such a crazy concept, but that's what we do. We still do it to this day if. If our kids can't sit down and do it, it's not going to work. I'm also a
0: big fan, so is Brittany, of processes. And I, you know, I feel like they are this like unsung heroes of business Mm -hmm. because people think, oh, they're just shapes and arrows. But the clarity you get when you put a process in paper of like, oh, things are getting dropped at this step. Like, oh. We never take it into account this other probability at this step. It's just there's no other way to get to that clarity, uh, you know, outside of just writing down your processes and procedures, like as if it's your your meaning.
1: It's the key to my freedom. That's Mm. it. I think that's why I Mm. wanted to say listen, for Errol did such a great job. There was a group of us that did it. and Afterwards, he was available, and it seemed like such a simple concept um, after he was done, as most things do when you figure mm-hmm. it out. But processes are really the foundation of all of that. There's there's no way for me to get my freedom and for me to live this life without our processes documented so ridiculously detailed. Um Hopefully, I've never had a five year old do them. I just want to just, <laughs> <disclaimer>. <laughs> I know. I kind of want to see them now. I'm like, what I understand. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Carly and I just did our processes back and forth. She would write one, I would write one, then we would do it each other. About, I didn't know anything about what she was doing, and she didn't know what I was doing. These were jobs that neither of us had ever done before. So we walked each other through it, and that's how we did it. We only had each other. And so, mm-hmm. um, and we were the only ones who knew really and how we wanted it done. And processes are very individual to the company, right? It has a lot mm-hmm. to do with how you function as a company and, and what your state laws are and all of that. But Errol can teach anyone.
0: So how often do you review your processes
1: and procedures? Cause so many things mm. change, Constant. right? Constant, yeah. Um, I mean, I say it's always ever changing. I would say when we find, you know, that there might be a little gap, or if a question comes up, usually the trigger to knowing that our processes need updated is something goes wrong, right? Mm. And then we're like, oh, okay, well, how do we fix it now? And then how do we fix it so it never happens again? Uh, we literally just did that. Uh, we've had you know the t- emotional support, animals, all the animal stuff is very and that stuff changes all the time. Uh-huh. It's updated, right? People have different viewpoints of it. We want to make sure that we are being clear in our message. Um, and we've had some recent things happen, right? So we've had to revisit some of that and say, wow, okay, if this was a problem and we didn't communicate it well, how do we need to change our verbiage? Where do we need to change it? Right? So the first thing is, what are we going to do about it? And then Carly has to list, you know, where is all of this located? It's on our website. It's on our lease. We have to put it on our application page. There's laws, there's rules. And even if there's not, I love over-communicating, right? don't miss this. And so, you know, I think, yeah, when there's an issue is when you know that there might be a gap in your process. And then we go back and try to fill that gap. Um, And we like to get other people's feedback. We have, that's why we like the virtual assistants too. They're amazing at finding the gaps, right? They don't know anything about what we do. So you give them your process you've built and they're like, that didn't work. Right. We're missing a step here. We're missing, you know, I need a script for this. Um, Mm -hmm. Or they they're really great about, oh, this is a question that has come up. And uh, when we first started trying to preemptively help people, uh, Carly, we would have because she answered the phone and I'm driving around all day. uh, We're both trying to keep track, but basically a phone record of every call that comes in. What is it about? And we did that for a couple of weeks. It's amazing. You find everyone's pain point. Most of them are pretty similar. Find their pain point, solve their problem. Does it need to go on your website? Does it need to go on a phone tree? Do you need an answering service for this, but a direct connect for this, right? I want owners Mm -hmm. to come to me, but I want tenants to, you know, or potential residents, applicants, anybody, right? Tenants go to a portal. Potential residents go to application pages. How do I redirect people? help themselves um so that they don't waste their time talking to me and i don't waste my time and everybody gets what they need which is housing yeah. that's it's so important and it's such a touchy thing and it just gets touchier and touchier yeah. you know and so As years go by um yeah you have to keep up on it so when there's a problem you revisit and that's the job otherwise we wouldn't be paid for anything so what i'm hearing is um Processes and procedures are basically the key to freedom, right? Absolutely, yeah.
0: (laughs) And um, being able to understand what you're good at and kind of like know what you know best is key to not making as expensive mistakes. I mean, I think it's super common, like Brittany, correct me if I'm wrong, but like we get you know, contacted by property managers who kind of like swear off Google ads or swear off certain marketing channels because they've been burned before. And then when we dig deeper, it's because they try to do it themselves or they just try to hire someone from Fiverr. But they don't know how to check if Mm -hmm. the work's being done right.
1: They don't know what they don't know, just like you were saying. Then also,
0: yeah, surround yourself by people who are good at what they do, who are smarter than you. And get buy-in from your team because that's when magic happens, right? Like versus being a tyrant.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're just always butting up against someone else's, you know, way of thinking, they're not, they can have a different way of thinking, but yeah, to be on a journey to grow and build and change, um, yeah. What an exhausting existence to always be trying to convince people to, to do this. So I'm not, I need, I want people who want the same things I do are, you know, we rent houses to people who are, live the same lifestyle that we do, right? Like just regular everyday people. And so I don't try to get outside my, my wheelhouse. Um, when it comes to managing property, there are plenty of property managers with all kinds of ways of doing it and i think they can all be organized and i think there's plenty of business to go around so i am a big fan of bringing people together but yeah i started a little mastermind because i miss you know people uh in that space and i kind of have been out of it for a couple of years and um narpum and my needs have changed right i'm not the Mm -hmm. same owner of this business that i was when I joined NARPAM or even three years ago, right, everything has changed. And um, so the things that I need sounding boards for have also changed. So I got a group of people together that I have known for years. And we all kind of do business the same. And I love them all. And I know they all want a little village too. Um, so we start tomorrow, we're going to do a couple of sessions and see how it goes. And I hope it's great. Exciting. That's great. Yeah. I'm excited about that. That's another
0: takeaway too, right? Like find kind of your tribe, find Mm -hmm. the experts or network people.
1: Yeah. Well, and you get, you get information, right? Uh, My coach always, he said like gather all the information you need and then turn it off. Right. You know, we wouldn't be who we are or where we're at. We can take care of ourselves, right. And analyze it, but get all the information, but very objectively and, and document it, and really weigh all. I guess that would be a great thing that I do to decide, like where <laughs> am I going to go next? What am I doing mm-hmm. next? Like, what purpose does this serve? Of course, everybody has their own reasons for waking up in the morning, and you know, and it and it's not always just about the kids, right? Like, you can't just wake up and be like mm-hmm. I'm doing this for my family. And at least I can't. Like, I love my, my kids, right? But you, we want to. We want what we do to matter on some level. Mm-hmm. Everyone does. Um, so yeah, I want the stuff that if I'm going to get up and spend my day doing it, I really like to feel good about it. <laughs> and I want it to benefit my life, my kids' lives, my employees' lives. My I don't even have any employees. Carly's my, my only team member, you know, that has been with us all this time, but everyone else has been virtual and then we've outsourced all these amazing companies. So I feel like my team is huge. Thank you so much for all the insights you shared. Um, Kind of help encourage
0: other property management business owners to pursue ideas that they may think can only stay in their head, but maybe Mm -hmm. just like have the guts to pursue it if the will is strong enough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just, yeah. If anyone wants to chat with me, I'm all about just try it. Just try it. What's the worst thing that could happen? It doesn't Mm work. Cool. Right one of hundreds of things, right, that we've done in our life. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. And then you, you move on and reinvent and do it anyways. It's totally worth it.
0: Yeah. And how can people reach you if they, do you want to reach out privately, maybe discuss an idea or just yeah, like... I
1: mean, I'm on Facebook with almost anyone you guys probably that probably watches or <laughs> listens to this. I mean, anyone can reach out to me. Plus, I'm on the NARPM website. Um, they have our email. Hopefully, all of them know. So. awesome yeah thank, you, thank you Courtney thank you
0: and that's all we have for this episode of the property management show brought to you by four and a half marketing agency since 2012 we have been helping property managers like you grow their businesses by using marketing strategies that attract owner leads whether you need help with your website your seo online reputation video and blog content social media you know paid advertising like PPC, Google ads, you name it, we can help you. Visit our website fourandhalf.com, that's F-O-U-R-A-N-D-H-A-L-F.com. As usual, if you have questions, suggestions, comments, send them all over to marketing at fourandhalf.com. We love to hear from you. And if you are enjoying our show, go ahead, show us some love by leaving a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for tuning in and we hope to see you next time.